Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Live on the road. Here's your boy, Q. Hey! Hey! Hey, here we are. We are at the TI, the Golden Circle. Sportsbook is the location, the exact location. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Damon Cotton is uh, holding it down inside the studio. My man Danny is here at the table with me. I'm your boy Q. We'll be here for the next, well, four hours. That's right, Unnecessary Roughness will go 2 to 4 p.m. Then Vinny Bonsignor will join us from Indianapolis, the spot of the scouting combine. We've been talking a lot about the combine all week long, and we're going to continue on today's show. But he'll join us from Indy. I'll be here till 6 p.m. So I tell you, you have plenty of time to get on down here and hang out, but I don't want to encourage you to take your time to come out and hang out. I want you to stop whatever you're doing, unless you're placing a bet right now at the sports book here at the TI. I'm just saying, do whatever you're doing, drop it right now, get into your car, and head on over here and hang out. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and if you do got a job, who cares? You ain't got nothing to do. Just come on, hang out, and let's have some fun. We got plenty of prizes that we want to give out. Have some Raider Nation Radio 920 t-shirts. Have some cups. We have some hookup on some uh, NASCAR stuff. I want to say stuff because I don't want to make it sound like I just have these tickets to get you in. But these tickets are, and Danny, go ahead and chop on or hop on real quick. These are for the Neon Garage. So kind of break down what these exactly do. Uh, they're just passes to get into the garage before the race. Okay. But uh, those don't actually get you admitted into the race. So you still have to have a ticket. Those are just for the garage and all the pre So it's like get you to the tailgate party. Kind of, but you you get to go to center field of the okay. actual race and check out the garages and everything. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, it sounds like a little uh, it sounds like a little get down if you want to. Uh, we have these uh, weekend passes. We have one, two, three. We have multiple pairs that we can give out. Uh, we have some uh, tickets to the Orleans Adam London Afternoon. We got these hookups, uh, and we got some UNLV hoop tickets as well to give out. Plus, like I said, Raider Nation Radio 920 T-shirts. We have some koozies. We have some cups, and we just need you. All you got to do is come on by, hang out. Of course, the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook, is a great place to be. Matter of fact, the TI in general is a great place to be. Uh, great food and drink specials going on. They've got live sports. They've got the horse race betting. Uh, myself and Danny were just talking about the horse races. I'm looking up right now at the horse racing, and I've never been good at, at uh, horse racing. Actually, I've never been good at any kind of game that I'm actually gambling except for Triple Double Diamond, as I mention all the time, and that takes no skill whatsoever. I just press a button and hope for the best. It's kind of how I live my whole life. <laughs> I've hit buttons and I've hoped for the best. It's just kind of how it shakes out. But the bar here is wide open like some old school TV antennas for 24 hours. Betting kiosks are open 24 hours, and we're located right off the casino floor. And the most important part of this whole thing is the parking is always free. I live by the motto, if it ain't free, it ain't me. So this is always me because the parking is free here. So uh, excited to be here. Going to be here for, like I mentioned, the next four hours. So you have an opportunity to come on by, hang out, say what's up, get some prizes. Uh, if you want to hop on, talk some sports with us, talk some sports. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot of football activities going on. It is the only sport that can be in the offseason and be just as active as it is in the regular season. I mean, it's just incredible. It, the, it's, it's not exactly the same storyline. Because there's not games being played, but there's still so much going on. And I guess some could say there's games being played. If you're a guy like Kyler Murray, if you're a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you could say that there are actually games being played. I, I, I think it's silly. We've talked about it many times on this show, what's going on in order to try to get certain contract extensions. Look, man, you balled out. You need a contract extension. Go to your employer and say, hey, man, 
this is the deal. I know that I can, you know, I got, I'm under contract for the next couple of years. I think I, I've outplayed my contract. I want to be here for the long term. I like in Kyler Murray's in his, uh, his, his point of view, this is what I would say if I was him. Ever since I've been here, we've gotten better. We picked number one overall for a reason. Now all of a sudden we were in the playoffs. Are we where we need to be? No, but we can. I need a commitment from you. You need a commitment from me. We need to build this thing together. Let's make it work. That's what you should do. Instead, scrubbing social media. Oh, I stopped following my team. I wish I would stop following Lotus Broadcasting on Twitter. They'd be like, oh, I wish Q would. Q but would why do the bosses get the raises then? That's the question he should be asking. That was just out of spite. You know, those guys. And you know what? That's going to come back to, to, to bite Arizona in the back. Why doesn't anyway. Cliff Kingsbury have to pay out the rest of his contract? That's going to come back to bite them in the backside, like I just mentioned. They're going to end up having to eat that contract when they fire Cliff Kingsbury because I will say this, and I don't try to sound disrespectful. I'm never an advocate for anyone getting fired, but I'll tell you this. They're winning games not because of Cliff Kingsbury. They're winning games despite Cliff Kingsbury. He's not a very good head coach. So what he's doing in Arizona with Kyler Murray and company is really not, in my opinion, because of him. It's more because of those dudes between the lines. Those are the guys that are really getting it done, in my opinion. So I don't think, and anyone who covers the Arizona Cardinals, and I talk to them all the time, I have people texting me from Arizona, like, I can't believe this just happened when uh, both Kime and King Kingsbury got uh, extended. They're like, I can't believe this happened. Man, what are they doing? I mean, if you go and just Google it, just Google it, you'll see all the people that cover the Arizona Cardinals, like, beside themselves because that happened. That's going to come back to bite them, but that had more to do with spite, which is silly. They shouldn't operate in that way either. That's uh, that's That's – Two kids playing in the in, in the playground, like, oh, okay. Well, you think you're going to do this? Well, my stones are bigger than your stones. Let me show you how. Stupid. It's not a good way to conduct business. But that's just me. And I'm not here to complain about the Arizona Cardinals and Aaron Rodgers, but I'm just throwing it out there. It's just one of those things that there's ways of doing it and getting it done. And I never, ever, ever blame any player that wants their money. I never blame any player that wants to get their guaranteed money. Anyone who is looking for a contract extension and is willing to even sit out and say, hey, I'm going to sit out until I get it, because we all know in the NFL it stands for not for long for a reason. You can get injured and be done, or the team can look at you and say, you know what? Yeah, you're not worth it anymore. We're going to release you. As we heard earlier today, the Cowboys plan on releasing Amari Cooper, who has $20 million guaranteed coming up in just a few weeks. He's supposed to get $20 million guaranteed, and they're like, nope, ain't going to do that, bro. They're going to pull a Mike Tomlin like Mike Tomlin did to me. Nope, ain't going to do that, bro. That's what they're basically telling Amari Cooper. See you, dude. Thanks for uh, everything you've done the last three and a half years. I know we gave you a contract extension. We gave you $100 million, but you're not getting $100 million, and you're not getting this $20 million that you're supposed to get. Even when they're guaranteed money and the contracts look like it's a good contract, they're really not good contracts. So these guys got to get it while they can. I don't blame them at all, but there's certain ways of going about their business of doing it, and there's other ways that you don't. And I – have been very adamant thinking that Kyler Murray is going at it all the wrong way. But, again, not here to complain about Kyler, Aaron Rodgers, or any of the other guys that uh, have those kind of issues going on. Uh, we will talk about plenty of things going on in the NFL with Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. That's coming up at 3 o'clock. Before that, though, at 2.30, we'll have Brandon Cristal. He's joined us every single day this week starting on Tuesday to check in from the Combine. And it's been fun. It has really been a lot of fun to have a guy that's been like our guy. Our correspondent to the Combine every single day, whatever we want to throw his way, we can. So Brandon Cristal will join us at 2.30, and hmm, I wonder if we're going to talk about, I don't know, really fast wide receivers. 
really fast wide receivers that have, that run a 4-2-1 only to find out they ran a 4-2-8 or ran a 4-2-6 only to find out they ran a 4-3-9. I mean, that's a big difference. Yeah, somebody was cooking the numbers. Man, I'm telling you, I think that whoever was, was running the hand time, they thought they were doing a 35-yard sprint instead of 40-yard dash. You know what I mean? Because something was off. And I'd be, hey, man, they would have ran me hot. If that had been me and I'm out there celebrating that I just ran a 4-2-1 or even, look, 4-2-1 is incredible, right? That's like, that's like low-level low gliding. You know, so, so, okay, so he can get over that. Plus a 4-2-8 is still really good. It's not a record, but it's still really good. But if I'm Chris Olave and I ran a 4-2-6 in my mind and all of a sudden they say, no, you ran a 4-3-9? Like, wait a minute, that's not even close. That's not even close. My, my college teammate ran faster than me? Where they do that at? I would be hot. So I don't know what was going on with their uh, hand times that they were doing, but something was clearly off. So uh, we'll pick Brandon Cristal's mind and brain about that kind of stuff and everything else going on at the Combine where a lot of activities are happening. And, of course, it'll get wrapped up this weekend with uh, the only position skill that matters, which are the DBs. They'll take, they'll take place and close things out this weekend. Of course, that's where I'll be paying attention to the most, the DBs. Because, Damon, you know DBs what? Lose games. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. I try to bring this guy along. I try to put him under my wing. I try to show him the right path. Was that what, not the right answer? What did my mom always say? You can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm working. We'll get there, Damon. DBs win games. They don't lose games. They win games. I know everyone is excited by the quarterback and the wide receivers and how they score points, this, that, and the other, yada, 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 yeah. It's all about the DBs. DBs win games. So there you go. So that's what I'll be paying attention to this weekend. That position group is the one that I'm focused on. So Brandon Cristal, 2.30, cover three NFL news and notes of the day will be at 3 o'clock. And then my guy, Jay Stevens, host of the Locked On Buckeyes, talking about Chris Olave. We're going to talk all things Ohio State and some guys that are, are in the draft from Ohio State, including – a young man, a defensive tackle that's right here in our backyard, from our backyard, Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman. We'll talk to him all about Ohio State, guys. That'll be Jay Stevens coming up at 3.30. That'll be uh, one of our last little draft interviews for the week. And please believe it won't be the draft, last draft interview for the draft season. We'll have plenty more where that's coming from. But uh, Jay's a great dude, covers uh, the Buckeyes like a glove. And so uh, we'll be very excited to talk to him. That'll come up at 3.30. So that's the guest lineup that we have for you. Got a lot coming up on the show, but let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So, yeah, let's jump into the opening drive. Got a couple topics that I want to bring to the table. And, of course, Raider Nation, as I do on the daily, would love to hear from you on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and also the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200, anytime that we have open lines and we do not have a guest want to hear from you. And I have a couple – I actually have a couple topics, and it's just – it's organically they popped up. I mentioned Amari Cooper going to be released by the, by the Cowboys, and, and I kind of talked about – him earlier this morning on the morning tailgate uh, with Heidi Fang filling in for Clay Baker. Uh, we were out there at, uh, at Philly North VW, and uh, we were hanging out there. So we talked about Amari Cooper. But later on, uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network mentioned that J.C. Jackson, the defensive back from the Patriots, looks like he's going to be allowed to test free agency. Not They're not going to put it – well, according to Ian Rappaport, of course it's not set in stone yet, but 
sounds like they're not going to put the franchise tag on them, which, in my opinion, changes the game. I've been a guy that said, hey, if the Raiders want to go and make a big splash in the draft or in, the, in free agency, as I think they should, go after Devontae Adams. Go give Derek Carr the best weapon he's ever had. But that would be a trade. You'd have to make a trade. There's no way that Green Bay lets him walk. I thought the same was going to be the situation with J.C. Jackson, that they were going to put the franchise tag on him and, uh, and you know, make a team trade. And that they still might. Just because Ian Rappaport said that they ain't doesn't mean that it won't happen. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that is not set in stone. It's just what he's reporting. So one of my questions I have for you, and I'd love to hear from you, if J.C. Jackson is allowed to just test free agency, meaning he'll go to the highest bidder or where he feels the most comfortable, where he thinks the best fit is, whatever is most important to him, as a guy that has not gotten his pay, payday yet, his big-time payday, he'll probably go to the highest bidder at his age. Think about this. Uh, there's a, oh, man, I got I to gotta come up with this stat for you real quick. It's really, it's really I mean, it'll blow your mind because this is, this is something I've been talking about for quite a while, the fact that the Raiders just don't create a bunch of turnovers, and J.C. Jackson is a dude who creates a bunch of t- uh, turnovers. Check this out. The Raiders' defense as a team, the key word here is team, Raiders defense as a team in 2019, 2020, 2021. Total 25 interceptions as a team. A team for all three of those seasons combined. J.C. Jackson, the past three seasons, 25 interceptions by himself. By himself. Remember what I said, Damon? DBs what? Win games. There you go. That's the definition of a DB that wins games. Three seasons, 25 interceptions. He's basically averaging eight interceptions, eight-plus interceptions a season. The Raiders as a team for, the, for three seasons in a row, 2019, 2020, and 2021, have only had 25 interceptions. As a team, they don't create enough turnovers. That's a guy that creates turnovers. So with all that being said, if he is a free agent and all you got to do is money whip him, Is that a guy, Raider Nation, that you'd want the Raiders to go after? He's not a big offensive splash. He'd be a big defensive splash. Is that what you want? That's one of the topics that I have for you. So keep that in the back of your mind because I got a couple more. One question that we asked this morning on the morning tailgate, I thought it was a pretty fun one since we're talking draft and combine and all that good stuff. Current draft crush, if you have one. Mine was, of course, a defensive back. Mine was Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. He's not going to be there when the Raiders pick at 22. Uh, the other guy that I'd go for would be on the defensive side of things as well. That'd be Jordan Davis out of Georgia, the big defensive tackle. He could be there at number 22. So that, I'd say, is realistic. Sauce Gardner, I would say, is unrealistic. So that's another question that I have for you. And then the final one, I know I'm hitting you with a lot, but that's okay. We got four hours to talk about it. Who is an under-the-radar player, player <laughs> or underrated player that you think has a chance to be a big-time player next season for the Raiders? It could be someone currently on the roster, or it could be a free agent that's not a big name, but somebody that's kind of flying under the radar, or even someone that you might say is underrated, but you think could be a big-time player for the silver and black. So those are the three topics I have for you. If it's going to be Friday and we're going to go hard in the paint, we're going to really go hard in the paint. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And, man, got a lot of good feedback already. Uh, how about this one? If Amari Cooper gets released by the Cowboys, I won't, be res- I won't be surprised if he retires. I just don't think he loves football. I don't think he'll retire. I think he'll go somewhere and be uh, comfortable, like he's comfortable now. That's, that's the thing that I, I, I feel when I see Coop Even with the Raiders. I feel like there's times where he's really good, like really good, and then there's times where he's just 
comfortable with being okay. There's a lot of times that, you know, when he was with the Cowboys, you could see where he just – it almost was like he wasn't in the game. He was just – he was there. His body was there, but his mind wasn't in the game. Just kind of whatever. So, I, I don't know. He's, he's a weird dude. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just mean he's, he's a weird – Guy he's a four-time Pro Bowler. He's a, I'm not saying he's not good. He's great. The season before last, he had 92 catches. I feel like whoever whoever sent that text in, and then the way you kind of talk about him last, like basically he's like, ah, oh, he okay. No, I, no, no. See, I don't mean that like that though. I'm I'm saying he's okay with being, like he could he had 92 catches and over a thousand yards. He could have 120 catches and over 1,200 yards or 1,300 yards. Like he could be so much better. You know when you see someone and you're like, oh yeah, that person's good but they could be great. They have the potential to be great. I feel like Coop has the physical ability to be great, like great. But I feel like he's just comfortable with being good because he is good. How much better do you want him to be? Uh, I just – Danny, you're a Cowboy fan. Let me bring you into the fold here. Is there or is there not games where you feel like Coop kind of checks out? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's definitely times where he seems comfortable with being – the guy who takes defenders away and lets C.D. Lamb work. Right. And so it's almost like Coop is okay with being a number two now. Right, where he shouldn't be. He's a good teammate is what I heard. I didn't. I didn't. I I heard a guy that, like Danny said, he's comfortable with being number two. He's getting paid $20 million. Or supposed to get paid $20 million guaranteed. That ain't to be a number two. That's just not. That's why he's going to get released. And another reason that he's going to get released – they're about to pay a guy in Michael Gallup. They're about to give him a contract extension. He just came off a torn ACL. He's still, he's still healing. He's still in the rehab process, and they're going to pay him and give him a contract extension and let Coop go. He's just he's a different dude. I think that he has moments where he's great. He's fantastic. When the Raiders traded him to Dallas, Dallas needed that shot in the arm, and he went out there and he was on fire. Everyone used to call the radio station like, Q, I can't believe your Raiders let Coop go. I was like, oh, you'll see. You'll see eventually he, he kind of just tails off a little bit. And in cold weather games, no show. Absolutely no show. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things there. The stats can be, mean one thing, but just because your numbers are good, just because you might have your incentive numbers and you, 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 know, you make a couple bonuses here and there because your, 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 your catches and your yards are where they want you to be contractually, doesn't mean that you're making those big plays that you need to make when you're supposed to make them as a number one guy. I mean, literally, C.D. Lamb came into the league and took over the number one spot immediately. I'm not saying that I want Coop to go out there and argue and complain and, and you know. and Exactly, throw. because if he was just like, yo, I'm better than C.D. Lamb, why he getting all the targets? Diva wide receiver. No, overrated. right, but you want to see a guy hungry, and you want to see a guy hungry all the time. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, if we go into this job and we have a show five days a week and we only really show up for two of them, they're going to say that we're underachieving. I could say, hey, look, we had two great shows, though. Two out of five is great. No, it's not. It's mediocre. You've got to be great. Greatness is greatness. You're great all the time. The greats separate themselves. It ain't the Hall of Good. It's the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Like, And I'm not saying he's got to be a Hall of Famer, but I'm just saying he's got to be hungrier, man. And he's just not hungry enough, in my opinion. Just my opinion. I mean, uh, I just feel like it's I feel like it's overblown. Sometimes we you put the expectations on players, not you, I just mean like fans in general or us the media. And it's like, I think that he's a pretty good player. But it's just like, well, he's not an all time great. Well, maybe he is. That, maybe that's not in the bag for everybody. He's what you just said. A pretty good player. Four time pro bowler. A pretty good player. He's gonna Does- be able to look back on his career and be like, hey, a pretty, I was doing the thing. 
a pretty good player does not get paid what he's supposed to be getting paid. Pretty good players don't get $100 million. Pretty good players get what they get on their rookie deals, get a little bit more. You that's get it. what the team's willing to give you. And the team's not willing to give it to him. That's why they're going to cut him. Well, I mean, they gave him the contract, though. He didn't – well, obviously that's he true. asked for it. They gave him the contract. They uh, There was a couple other teams that were trying to get him, and he wanted to stay in Dallas. He did. That was great. Good for him. But now he's going to get released because they're not seeing the return on their investment. Simple as that. Well, you keep arguing. Talking about you got a bunch of calls, but you keep arguing with me. <laughs> Who's up first, Devon? <laughs> Let's get ABA Ivan Davis in here. What's up, dog? Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, what's up, Devon? Uh, man, I'm just chilling. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Okay. Uh, let's see. The first question was the quarterbacks, right? Uh, okay, so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the quarterbacks, uh, we have one. That is kind of the answer to the second question also. Uh, the one we got drafted, that was a man corner, and we tried to turn him into a zone. Uh, which one is that? Are you talking about Hobbs? No, no, before Hobbs. Mullen? We drafted, yeah. In, in this scheme, I think he, he fits the, I think he fits perfectly man corner. And you pair him with another corner, that's a shutdown. I, I I think that I think that would be the one. He's to me he's real underrated. He just it's kind of like he's, he's out of position. Okay. Okay, a little bit. Okay. Uh, and that answer. And the third one, the last one. Um, the your last question. <laughs> Which one? I almost forgot myself. Uh, you're talking about you said the underrated player. Uh, underrated player. Oh, uh, draft crush. You got a draft crush. Draft crush, uh, the tackle. Which one? The tackle, Davis. Oh, Jordan Davis. Okay. Yeah, the nose tackle. Yeah, 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 from Georgia. That's Yeah, that's that's a guy that I think is realistic. I think he has a real opportunity to get uh, drafted by the Raiders. I think that would be a big pickup for the Raiders' defense. Yeah, Silver, I think he would look good. You talk about 15 sacks from either, from, from either uh, Crosby or Ngakwe. If you, if you got a hog like that, uh, that prevents double teams against either Ngakwe or Crosby. Okay, good stuff. Hey, man, thank you for the call. And I, 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 I can see that uh, Jordan Davis is going to be – he could be a difference maker, really could, and I think he could help Crosby and Ngakwe in a major way. Uh, who'd you say is up next real quick, Devon? Juan the Smasher right here in Vegas. What's up, Juan? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's cracking, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Hey man, I'm gonna chime in on Amari Cooper right quick. Hey, I got two cents. To, hey, I got two cents to talk about that guy. That guy is trash, man. Hey, we better not get him back because I'm. I, I'll pass on him. I'd rather just get somebody like uh, like Taquan Thornton or somebody in the second round. You know what I'm saying? Hey, get on the first round. We need, we need a dog. Second round, we need a fast receiver over the top. Please do not get Cooper back. Nah, I'm cool. I'm, I, I don't want him back on Vegas. You know, he was a chump when he left, and he could be a chump in Dallas. I'm cool, Q. Hey, you guys have a good day. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you. Good stuff right there. He said Coop's a chump. He could be a chump in Dallas. He was a chump when he left. I like that. Good stuff right there. DeMond, you ain't going to have too many people back you up on that uh I don't that need Amari people to Cooper. back me up because here's my answer right here. Because we were talking about this with Saquon Barkley yesterday, and it kind of doesn't fit for a running back. If the Rams pick him up for dirt cheap, do, does, he, does he help out their roster? Do you like, man, the Rams are – or absolutely loaded next season, and he's helping them win a Super Bowl. I say that, yeah, if, if they get them dirt cheap, absolutely. That's my point. 
where it's just like, I feel like you, some of these Raider fans, not all of you, I ain't gonna, you know, disparage everybody, but y'all are like, oh, he's a bum, he's a chump. All right, if he went to Kansas City, you'd be like, dang, man. We gotta uh, play. We gotta play him again. Now, nah, see, 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 you changed your narrative. No, you said would that would that be a good pickup if they got him dirt cheap in L.A. That would be. I don't think you said anything about you'd be uh, upset if, if, you had, if the Raiders had to play him twice. I wouldn't care if the Raiders had to play him twice. But you I don't think that he's taking a very good team over the top? No, no. Okay. I, I don't. I don't because he didn't put Dallas over the top. And, and look at all the we- look at all the good. weapons. Look at all. Are you serious? Look at all the weapons they have. Zeke's overrated. Zeke's not the not the not who we're talking about. We're okay, talking about Coop. Okay. We're talking about we're talking about uh, CD Lamb. We're talking about Gallup. We're talking about Schultz. We're ta- I mean they've got a roster of cats and they couldn't get put. He should have put them over the top. Actually, that's what he should have done. He should have been the lead dog to put them over the top. Maybe Dak doesn't. Dak doesn't have the goods. Dak is. Okay. Well, anyway, you're, you you I don't I think you must have stock in Amari Cooper or something. You got a jersey you're trying to dust off at the house or something. Because you see no wrong in Coop style, and everyone else is, is to blame. But that's okay. Embrace debate. That's okay. Uh, yeah, there you go. Embrace debate. I like that. You're trying to be Skip Bayless. That's all right. We'll take that. Uh, do we got time to take one more call, or do I got to take a break? <laughs> okay, taking a break is what I'm doing. When we come back, Brandon Chris Style from KOA Colorado, he'll join us to talk all things Combine. We'll start off, and I'll ask him his thoughts on Amari Cooper. He's been covering the NFL like a glove for a very long time. We'll start off with that. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And we are live here at the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. We're going to be hanging out here till 6 o'clock. Very excited. My man Charles just came by. So this is a Charles Woodson tattoo. I said T-shirt. Tattoo, and it was awesome. It was dope. So big ups to my man Charles. And also shout out to the ladies who just came by and got hooked up as well. You can get hooked up with some prizes. But right now, on the phone line, my man Brandon Chris Style from KOA Colorado. He's at the Combine. He's joined us every single day this week. It's been great. Actually, I'm kind of I'm kind of sad that today's the last day because it's been fun having a correspondent there uh, every day, Brandon, so I appreciate your time. Before we get into any guys that are draft eligible, I want to talk about a guy who's in the league right now. Adam Schefter reported earlier today that Amari Cooper looks like he's going to get released. And so that led to myself and DeMond, who's in the home studio, having a nice little debate on how good Cooper is. And my side is Amari Cooper is good but could be great. And DeMond thinks, what else do you want from him? He's done everything. Where do you stand as far as Amari Cooper goes and what he does on the daily? Well, Amari Cooper was obviously great coming out. That's why the Raiders took him where they did. He set the SEC touchdown record, beating uh, my old pal Chris Doring. And just take you inside baseball. I worked with Chris at Westwood One, and I've just known him a long time. And he was the all-time SEC touchdown leader. So as Amari was chasing him down, I would text him just the number. I'd be like, 14, 15, you know, just to mess with him. And I thought Amari Cooper was going to be a star. So then when the Cowboys pulled up a trade for him, he thought, okay, maybe it's just the Raiders or, or what kept him from taking that next step. He's certainly been good for the Cowboys. And when he's been on the field, Dak Prescott's been better. But he's been banged up at times. And I don't think when you look at his numbers, the injuries have to factor in. But for a guy that was the top paid receiver in football, did anyone ever at any point think he was the top receiver in football? Now, he was a pro bowler a couple of years ago, and, and I think he had earned that. And I think there are going to be teams that want him. Could he have a return to the Raiders, even if they have their eyes on Devontae Adams? And that doesn't make sense. What does the contract look like? 
obviously with the loss of Ruggs, adding a, a veteran presence at, at this point in his career, I, I got to think Derek Carr would love to have Amari Cooper back, and, and that might be a, a good fit. I don't know if that's something that you guys have entertained or that idea, but as you look to, to bolster Carr's weapons in the Josh McDaniels offense, maybe Amari Cooper's return to the Raiders does make sense. But I, I guess I'm, I'm more with you than with DeMont. I want him to be great. Like, I thought he would be a perennial pro bowler, but when you talk about the best receivers in football, you just don't bring Amari Cooper's name up. Would no. most teams want him? And would he be the number one guy on most teams? Maybe, or 1A, 1B. But he's not a guy that, that you, you almost have to think about, oh, yeah, oh, and, and there's Amari Cooper. It's, it's kind of that. And as somebody who grew up in Dallas and, and yells at the TV more than I should when Cowboys games are on still as a reluctant <laughs> Cowboys fan, I, I, I want Dak Prescott to be better consistently, especially against good teams. And I want Amari Cooper to be on the field and, and help take them over the hump. And he just hasn't done that. But that doesn't mean that somewhere else in a different system with a different quarterback doesn't mean he can't be that and be the best receiver in football. But he certainly isn't that, in my opinion. And I'm not sure he's, he's in my top eight. And, and, and with all that being said, the real reality of it is the money that he's supposed to make is $20 million guaranteed this year. For what everything you just said, that's why they're going to release him is because the return on investment isn't, it just isn't there. There's that, and, and the Cowboys do this to themselves sometimes, and that's probably where Jerry gets in the way, uh, you know, gets in his own way of what Steven, his son, and Will McClay try to do in, in managing that roster because the Cowboys are grafted pretty well. You know, you can pick on them for a lot of reasons, and, and I think they earn that when you're, you're that team in that city with, with that reputation and that owner. You're gonna, there's going to be plenty of, plenty of scrutiny. But they overpaid him. He shouldn't have gotten that deal. He hadn't earned it, and I understand sometimes you're the next guy up, but you, you still have to have enough awareness and, and enough flexibility. This is why DeMarcus Ware ended up in Denver. It's right. Because, it's because Jerry mismanaged the cap. And while he's not the capologist, he's the one that signs off on these big deals. He's the reason why they're stuck with the Zeke Elliott contract. Right? And, and so that's still where Jerry's getting his own way. Not in trying to draft Johnny Manziel when, when it takes Steven or someone else grabbing <laughs> the card out of his hand. Uh, but they've drafted really well. They've drafted some really good linemen. Obviously, Micah Parsons was... I don't want to say a steal, but he's maybe the, the best defensive player in football, not named Aaron Donald. Right. And they got him. They got him outside the top ten. I, I want to say right at eleven or, or twelve, where they where they were able to grab him, or, or maybe it was even right at ten, right after Sertan went. Not gonna get steals like that. Either way, they, right. they drafted well. Traquan Diggs, right? But but Jerry gets in his own way, and, and Amari Cooper's deal is a perfect example of that. No doubt about it. We're talking with Brandon Cristal right now from KOA Colorado on Twitter at BK Denver Sports. And let's get into some guys that, you know, are going to try to get into the to the uh, NFL that are draft eligible guys that are competing right now at the Combine. And last night, man, uh, the speed was out there. Uh, the unofficial speed and the official speed was out there. Uh, I wanted to ask you off top, do you have any idea on why the, the numbers were so off, like Chris Olave, <laughs> four two six, but then eventually really found out it was a four three nine. Why were they off so much? It's a great question, but what, what I have found out is that apparently a lot of stuff was off in that building. The music was too loud. They had the screens wrong. So the, the screen was showing NFL Network and not showing what was happening live on the field. So, so the scouts and the suites were having to rely on binoculars, which is something old-school scouts do, but a lot of you – know, Younger, younger personnel people just trust the technology, right? That's right, what you're supposed right. to do. So they have lasers, and eventually they got it right. But it's funny that you say that because I brought it up a few times today talking with people and thought it immediately as I was watching it last night. When you see the Taekwon Thornton runs 4-2-1, gets adjusted to 4-2-8, you're like, okay, how, are, how is the TV laser that off, even if the actual laser's on the field? 
Like, how are the sensors that far off? But I, I 100% agree with you. When I saw that Chris Olave ran a 4.39, which is flat-out moving, right? We're not going to say someone running a 4.39 is slow by right. any means. But when I saw 4.26, I'm like, okay, maybe this guy ends up being the top receiver taken because because someone falls in love with him. You would think if Al Davis were alive, he loved him anyway. And at 4.26, he would have absolutely made a point of, of getting Chris Olave in a Raiders uniform. But I, I, I agree, .13 to be off that much with the TV and the, and the lasers and the, the handhelds and all of that was, was confounding. And I, I think it's just maybe because last year they took a year off. So stuff wasn't dialed in. I, I don't have a good answer. I don't think they do either. But what we did see is eight guys that still ran sub 4-4 once they got the official times. And I don't know if any running backs will, will be there, maybe one or two. And certainly some of these DBs I think will be sub 4-4. But the, the bigger point is that we're just seeing the, the continued evolution of these athletes and, and wide receiver is going to continue to be the most talent-rich position in the draft, I think, for the next decade. You know, they've been talking about moving the combine from spot to spot. We talked about that on yesterday's show. But uh, I, I didn't realize that there was fans there until I saw the fans there. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that all about and how has that been with fans being there? Well, I think it happened kind of last minute, uh, honestly. In years past, they've given out tickets. And so most media, unless you have a tie to the leagues, your NFL Network, ESPN, uh, or a team can, can loop you in. As, you know, I know people that have snuck in as, as extended scouts for teams that are kind of more fringe media than, than anything else, but they've gotten in the building and, and had a better vantage point. You would have to go online and get a ticket just like a fan. And I, I think they have always been free. But because of where things are with COVID, there wasn't a plan to have fans originally. And I think last minute, they just kind of released them to the public and you can get it on the Combine's website. And so that's why you saw all those random fans there in the stands. And some of that uh, okay seat, depending on where you were, for some of the drills, but better seats than certainly the personnel department and coaching staffs that were that were up in the stands. But I was I was completely surprised, just like you were. And then I asked somebody later in the night, like, yeah, I think they just gave them away. And, it, and if you look at the sort of the – makeup of the crowd, it kind of looked like a group of folks that were happy to have the free tickets. And and that's okay, too. I'm fine because right. those folks probably can't afford to go to NFL games all the time but love football, and we're, and we're happy to, to be in the building seeing some of the future stars potentially. I'll tell you what, if they start allowing fans in there in, in the building, man, then all of a sudden it opens it up for a lot more cities. And, and Vegas it would really be flocking to it if they were allowed uh, to have fans in there. It was kind of weird, though, when guys were running the 40, and then all of a sudden they start clapping at the end. And I was like, man, <laughs> these guys are trying to concentrate, man. These guys are trying to focus, and everybody's clapping and cheering. But, hey, whatever. It, it, it is what it is. And if they can find a way to, to get more eyeballs on it, that's exactly what they're going to do. I wanted to ask you about the linebackers position. We had a couple people hit us up and asked me to ask you about Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah. What do you thought about him? And is he a guy that you thought could be a, uh, or think could be a Travis Kelsey eraser? And as you know, covering the Broncos, Travis Kelsey is a monster. Well, absolutely. And, and obviously the, the folks that have been following the Raiders for years and watch the NFL know that, that look, covering Darren Waller is its own problem, but covering Travis Kelsey has been a problem for a long time. And that was why that guy's going to, have a gold jacket when it's all said and done. And you look at, at Devin Lloyd's size, and you got to like it, 6'3", 235. He's probably almost built more like an outside linebacker. I mean, that's basically the same size Vaughn Miller is. Mm-hmm. But but he projects inside. I was bummed he ended up not making it down to the senior bowl because he was supposed to be down there. And because the Pac-12 has forced us to think that Utah and CU are rivals, and because I live in Denver, I've watched a little more Utah football than – and maybe most of the people here. And, and just like the, the kid Dean from Georgia, 
yeah. Lloyd jumps off the screen, right? Those are the two linebackers that if you've got to pick inside, you know, the top 15 and, and maybe higher, you know, I like the Clark kid from, from LSU. Saw him down down at the Senior Bowl as well. But, but N'Kobe Dean and Devin Lloyd are the two guys that when you flip on the tape and just flash or if you're watching a game, you don't need the announcers to tell you how impactful they are because they're the ones making every play. So to say anyone can be a Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller eraser, I think is, is not unfair, but just hard to predict because right. to this point, nobody really has been unless the scheme has worked. <laughs> right. right. Um, or a, a Gronk eraser, especially when he was, when he was rolling or when George Kittle's healthy. Um, but I, I really like Devin Lloyd and, and I think he'll be a day one starter for wherever he ends up. And for all the things that, that I like about the Raiders, uh, and maybe it's from talking to you a little bit, Q, and talking to JT the Brick as much as I do, I haven't loved a lot of their defensive personnel, and a lot of that is a combination of Mike Mayock and John Gruden's fault, and I don't know how the, how the blame is split. Right. But when you look at where the Raiders go, if they ended up grabbing either of those two linebackers in the first round, and yes, you, you factor in Travis Kelsey, but the Broncos in Nathaniel Hackett's offense, assuming they don't trade, their young tight ends are going to feature both Noah Fan and and obviously, Albert Okwebunam when given the chance. Yep. And so, and of course, Javante Williams and, and any of those top running backs or any of those top linebackers will make things hard for those tight ends as well as running back Javante Williams. So uh, I'm sure whenever the Raiders match up with the Broncos, those two guys would be a, a big part of the offensive game plan of who you try to avoid. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about uh, I didn't think about with Denver and what they got going on with the tight ends, but they got a, they got a couple dogs as well. So yeah, that AFC West man, that is a tight end happy di- uh, division. So <laughs> that ought to be interesting. Now we got another text message about the defensive tackles, and I know they haven't done their drills yet, but uh, Travis Jones, the defensive tackle from UConn, uh, big dude. Uh, you got any thoughts on him? Have you had any, heard any buzz there at the combine about him? The one guy that I heard the most buzz about, and I'm not trying to avoid the Travis Jones uh, question, you know, because at, at his size, at 6'4 and 326, he's obviously, uh, you know, he looks like someone like Jonathan Hankins, right? Just a big boy that takes up space. But the guy that was maybe the most impressive on the podium, and that's kind of all that we have to go on until they start doing whatever workouts they choose to do, is Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. As much as everybody yep. wants to talk about Jordan Davis and his athleticism, Jordan Davis is obviously a freak. Devontae Wyatt just kind of stole the show a little bit with the personality. And so while he's certainly going to almost, almost certainly going to go after, after his teammate in, in Jordan Davis, who's going to be the first defensive lineman taken off the board and could be the first defender off the board, depending on, on how the draft falls. Uh, both Wyatt and Davis, I think are, are two guys that are going to come in and be plug and play starters. But, but a lot of those guys in the, in the top five, six, whether it's the Mathis kid from Alabama as well, but Jones, who, who they, you know, they asked about on the text, or or Leal from from A and M, or Butler from Tennessee, all all those guys are gonna are gonna come in and, and be in a defensive line rotation from day one, even if if they're in a situation where coaches are not in a hurry to throw rookies right into the fire as a first down starter. But depending on where they get drafted, you're gonna have to be just like you saw there with Cleveland Farrell, who, um, you know, we talk about the the misses in the draft. I think taking where they took him there with the Raiders. I'm not telling Raiders fans anything they don't know, but these guys are going to be expected to come in and play just like that. Right, exactly. As soon as you can uh, get drafted, as soon as you can be on the field, get out there and make it happen. Uh, we're talking right now with Brandon Cristal from KOA Colorado here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, the defensive backs, is there a, a defensive back or two that really stands out to you that you want to see them run? You want to see them compete in the drills just to kind of verify what you may already know? 
Well, Kyle Hamilton may be the first defensive back taken, yeah. which is crazy. I think the safety could go ahead of a ahead of a corner, but but the the youngster out of Notre Dame feels like a not only a day one starter, but a guy that that projects as a as a perennial Pro Bowl type. And whether it's Justin Simmons, who I get to see all the time in, in Denver, who has made a Pro Bowl and two All Pro teams, and somehow missed a Pro Bowl this year, Tyron Matthew, who of course we're familiar with the Honey Badgers work. Yep. Of late in in the AFC West or or Kevin Byard in Tennessee, that's that's the type of player that Hamilton is. He's going to come in and, and be impactful and and run the back end of the defense right away. But then the corners, you know, a lot of people like Sauce Gardner. I'm not sure if you saw if you saw him walking in in his suit and his big iced out Sauce chain. Nice. That certainly, certainly. Uh, in case you were wondering who he was, I'll be curious <laughs> if he wears it. I'll be curious if he wears it with his sweat. I saw him in a suit. Walking in, no tie, uh, gray suit. And I think he had a white shirt and a and a very, very noticeable and really cool. If you if you dig cool diamond necklaces, sauce chain. But nice. him, the two the two corners from from Washington, both Gordon and McDuffie, are projected to go really high. I talked to a, a West Coast scout who I know really well, known for a long time, and trust trust his judgment. And he likes both those kids uh, a lot. But the one that I like the most, and I have since he stepped on field at LSU is Derek Stingley Jr., who we saw how dominant he was on that national championship run. And he reminds me, there's only been a few freshmen, Mo Claret a little bit, and Adrian Peterson's name I'm always going to think of, of, hey, get him to the NFL as quick as possible. Why are you making him stay around for college for two more years? Right. Adrian Peterson could have come in as a 19, 20-year-old and been just fine in the NFL like he was when he was 21 and he got there, right? And so I think that Derek Stingley could have could have been that same type of player that, to make that transition. We haven't seen him much between uh, COVID and just not playing and all that. And at the same time, I think he is the corner that I'm most excited excited to see. You know, he reminds me of a lockdown, Stephon Gilmore kind of type uh, or so, someone in that, you know, in that area. Champ Bailey's not maybe as fast as Champ, although we'll see what he runs. But Stingley's my favorite of all the DBs. Nice, nice. Well, I'm excited to see that. Can't wait to sit down on Saturday and just watch them go and uh, see what they do and, and see who comes out with the biggest numbers and all that good stuff. And uh, I, I like that little swag with Sauce Gardner. That's my guy anyway, so I'll take that swag. Fi- final question for you. Uh, as far as COVID-19, they, they uh, suspended all the protocols as of yesterday. And I don't know uh, how you feel about it, but to me it feels like it's a step closer. It's not getting us back in the locker room but it's a step closer to us getting back into the locker room. What are your thoughts on that? Well, so these are conversations that, that I've had a lot with the folks that do the negotiating. And Lindsey Jones from The Athletic, uh, who's the president of the Pro Football Writers Association, I talked to her yesterday after I saw that report because uh, she was still around. She actually lives in Denver and, and is based in Denver, so I see her from time to time. And this is a fight that she's been having. The, the issue is the fights with the PA, and the bigger issue is that J.C. Treader is the president of the PA on the player's side. He's a lineman, and linemen don't like talking to media typically, even though lots of them jump into the media when they're done. And so J.C. Treader almost did this on his own and didn't get much pushback, but Brandon McManus, the Broncos kicker, is one of the reps. He said, we never had a conversation about this at all. And Brandon's friendly with the media. He doesn't, he's a kicker, so he's not really worried about getting his message out one way or the other. And Whenever anyone texts Brandon, he gets back to us, especially if it's about league issues. But the point is, there wasn't a conversation about this, and, and Jason Treader just kind of did it on his own. And here's the thing. The PA said, we don't want media in the locker room. It's a safety thing. The league only has 
so many hills to die on, if you will, or so many fights to pick, right, with, with the PA. And knowing that everything is always about money in the CBA, they just didn't want to stick their neck out for the media. Do they understand the value of media? Do they own plenty of their own outlets? Uh, absolutely. The NFL Network is obviously being chief among them and team websites. Right. But, but in order for this to, to transition back to normal, right, put that in quotes, where we can get in the locker room, the PA is going to have to make a concession and or the league is going to say, nope, everything's back to normal. This isn't even up for a debate. And I don't know if it'll get that it'll get that far. Lindsay's hopeful, but a lot can happen between now and and week one in, in September after Labor Day when when we're hoping to get back in the locker room on that first Monday or Wednesday or, or whatever it may be. Or I guess if you're covering the Thursday night game before you're in there a day or two early. But a, a lot can happen between now and then. So I'll cross my fingers and be cautiously optimistic because for what we do, it's just so much more valuable to be in there. And I'll give Sean Payton credit, someone who maybe didn't always love the idea of the media being in the locker room at his retirement press conference. He said, hey, you guys need to be back in the locker room too because there are multiple sides to every story and, and these guys need to be able to, to talk with you without it you know, just being in a formal setting. So the, I appreciate Coach Payton saying that. I don't know if it carries any more weight, but there's at least an acknowledgement that us being in there isn't always a bad thing, even if some people perceive it as that. Man, yeah, that that's uh, that's unfortunate. You know, I started to get excited thinking, hey, that's that's a step closer. I know it wasn't said that it was going to happen, but I felt like it's a step closer. But it seems like it's it's maybe a little bit uh, further away than I was thinking, uh, as as far as uh, you know, just getting us back in the locker room. And that's where all the relationships are really formed is when we get that chance to get in the locker room. Well, Brandon, great stuff, man. Great stuff all week long. I really do appreciate you taking out the time to give us an insight of what's going on there at the combine there in Indy. Uh, lots of fantastic stuff. You got anything coming out that anyone needs to be on the look out for anything that i could promote well every thursday i do a podcast with shelby harris he's one of the few active players nice that that does, that does a podcast it's called shell shock it's on iheart or wherever you get your podcast but we're gonna have Derek carr on this offseason shelby and Derek came in together yeah. with the raiders and and he and Derek talked during the season and while it would have been cool to get him on game week we understood why you're not going to get an nfl quarterback on necessarily on a podcast game week but but we're going to have Derek on at some point, and when we do Q, I'll make sure to let you know so you can let all of the great listeners at Raider Nation Radio know. And then I'm planning on being at the owners' meetings down in, in Palm Beach at the end of the at the end of the month. So hopefully we can we can chat again then about anything the competition committee has going on, rules changes, where things stand with the Broncos and ownership, and anything else league wise. So so if uh, you've got room for me at the end of March, uh, plan on maybe us chatting then if, if that works, but. Hey, man, there's always room for you. Anytime you're ready, man, there's always a platform uh, waiting for you. So I do appreciate you, my man. Great stuff all week long. Thanks so much, Q. Thanks, Damon. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. There he goes. Brandon Cristal from KOA Colorado at BK Denver Sports. Fantastic all week, really. I mean, I cannot stress it enough. Uh, my man checked in with us every single day, Tuesday through Friday, uh, talking about the combine and everything else going on with the NFL and just a lot of, uh, of wealth of knowledge right there. So great stuff from Brandon. I really do appreciate his time. 2.50 is the time. When we come back, we'll close out hour number one of the show. We're here at the TI of the Golden Circle. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, we got cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We'll start off with uh, a superstar wide receiver that has bought a house in Las Vegas, and now everyone in Raider Nation is fired up and lathered up about 
a potential guy that they may want on the silver and black here in Las Vegas. Before we get to any of that, though, Tim in Texas, you're up. What's on your mind, man? Welcome to the show. Uh, yes, sir. I got a couple of things. Uh, I was uh, – I, when it comes uh, – I got a, uh, my crush with the draft, too. But okay. uh, I, kind of, I agree with you, you and DeMar when it comes to Amari Cooper. Okay. Amari, when, when Amari Cooper first came out, I mean, was getting ready to come out, I mean, I was all over him before uh, – the year before he even came out. I wanted the Raiders to get him so bad. Yep. But Amari, the thing about Amari Cooper is he just, he just uh, one of those type of players – that uh, I don't know what's what. I mean, when I tell you like this, when we when we when we traded Khalil Mack, I mean, I was depressed the whole weekend. I was depressed. I mean, I, I, I it just messed me up. Yeah, me too. But when we but when we traded Amari Cooper, I didn't have a problem with it. Right. The only reason why is because he'll catch for 160 some yards, 170 some yards one game, and then he'll disappear for like two or three games. Mm-hmm. It's like whenever he go against a a cornerback that actually kind of get into him a little bit. He just he he just he it, it almost like he give up. He like he not even in tune with the game or anything. Mm-hmm. But I will say on Demond's side, what I what because he is he is a good he is a good wide receiver. Yeah, one of the best route runners you'll ever see. Agreed. And so what scares me is that he'll go sign with because I notice what he'll do. He'll go sign with either Kansas City or the Chargers, <laughs> and then we got to worry about him two times a year. Now. When it comes um, now, my biggest, my my little draft crush or whatever you want to say, is um, Christian Watson. I've been mm. on this cat for the last couple of weeks. I've been watching film on him and everything, and I was like, man, uh, I, I hope he kind of, you know, don't nobody know who he is. Nobody <laughs> him. Maybe right. we can get him in like the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize he had got invited to the combine. And so then when I seen him yesterday, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Everybody know about him now. Right. You, know? <laughs> you were so. trying to sneak him in the back door. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just, uh, when the draft, uh, during the draft, uh, what I would like is for the Raiders to get the best defensive player that they can find in the first round. And then hopefully maybe, uh, you know, with, with Bell with running that, that slow time yesterday, maybe he can – Flip down to the second round, get Christian Watson in the third round. After that, I don't care what they get. Nice. I, li- <laughs> I-, I like it. Hey, great call, Tim. I appreciate you checking in from Texas, the Lone Star State, and great breakdown on Coop. And I think you're spot on. Uh, route running is fantastic. You know, he can have a game where he's a monster. He's a dude. And then all of a sudden you have a game that you're like, oh, Amari Cooper played? And that's what that's frustrating, I think. That's the most – that's the most frustrating thing is you know how much talent he has is just the inconsistency. And, again, he's so damn good. This is really the credit to him. He's so damn good that he doesn't have to really work that hard. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a gift and a curse. Some guys are so good, they don't have to work extra hard to be that good. But then you realize if they did put in that work and worked extra hard, how great they could be. That's really that's really my point to the whole conversation when it comes to Amari Cooper. 258 the time. We're at the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. We're here till 6 o'clock. Vinny Bonsignor will join the show coming up at 4. But coming up next, we got Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. We'll tell you about a wide receiver who just bought a house in Las Vegas. Plus, we'll get the Fargo Raider. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. 